Hey everyone, welcome back to another edition of Fin Weekly, where I provide weekly updates on what's happening in the world of finance and the economy. My name is Steve Coffrin, and today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023, and I'm excited to talk about what's been happening since last episode. So let's go ahead and kick things off. First up, there's property pain in Europe's financial districts. High-rise financial districts all over Europe, including Canary Wharf, La Defense, and Frankfurt's Manhattan, are confronting significant economic challenges in the wake of the global office market turmoil. As vacancy rates soar and property values decline, there are going to be potential economic implications for property owners, investors, and the overall financial landscape. Specifically, the shift towards smaller office spaces and mixed-use developments indicates changing economic trends and consumer preferences. Businesses are reevaluating their office needs post-pandemic, and some are seeking smaller, more accessible locations. This transformation could impact the traditional demand for massive office floors and affect the value and utilization of high-rise buildings. But you may be wondering, what about the broader economy? Well, the economic consequences of declining property values and increasing vacancy rates may include financial losses for property owners and investors in these districts. Moreover, as rental income and property prices decrease, investors will likely face challenges in generating returns on their investments. But on the positive side, the revitalization of these high-rise districts could create opportunities for economic growth and urban development. For example, by diversifying the offerings with residential, retail, and office spaces in the same vicinity can attract a broader range of tenants and consumers. Their successful transformation, though, will depend on how well stakeholders adapt to changing market dynamics, address vacancy challenges, and create diverse, appealing environments that meet the evolving needs of businesses and individuals. Next up, despite the positive momentum the U.S. stock market has experienced, with the S&P 500 index gaining 19% this year, some economic indicators suggest potential risks on the horizon. Let's take a look at why that might be. First of all, traders' bullish sentiment is at an all-time high and the cost of protection against market declines is at the lowest since at least 2008. This situation has led to things like reduced hedging in the options market with more traders favoring call options to bet on the further market gains. Now, historically, September and August are the S&P 500's weakest months and as we approach these months, this could be adding further headwinds to the market's upward trajectory. When these seasonal patterns combine with potential inflationary pressures, this can raise caution amongst strategists and investors. Because while the economy has shown resilience and inflation is moderating, there are concerns that easy year-over-year -year inflation comparisons may start to drop out later in the year and can impact further interest rate decisions. Even on Wall Street, some strategists have adjusted their stances in response to the rally, with mixed opinions on the market's future trajectory. Despite the current bullish momentum, it's important to consider potential risks and the possibility of a market pause. Overall, while the market remains optimistic, economists and investors are mindful of the uncertainties associated with the Fed's monetary policy, seasonal patterns, and inflation trends. The focus is on how the Fed handles the challenging task of navigating a soft landing while ensuring stable economic growth. As more data unfolds, it will be crucial to watch for any signs of potential market corrections or volatility in the coming months. 
And in other news, the U.S. bond market is facing fresh challenges as the Federal Reserve nears the conclusion of its rate hike cycle. Fed Chair Jerome Powell's recent signals have instilled some optimism among traders, hinting at the possibility of wrapping up the steep interest rate hikes. However, despite these encouraging signals, there are still factors that are tempering the market's outlook. Wall Street security dealers anticipate an increase in Treasury sales as the government boost is borrowing. And the persistence of inflation may prompt the Fed to continue hiking rates or maintain them at higher levels for a longer period. The bond market's recovery from last year's losses is still encountering hurdles. Although the Treasury market has recorded its third consecutive monthly loss, it has only managed a modest 1% gain for the year, falling short of Wall Street's expectations. Even with signals that the Fed's rate hikes are mostly behind us, traders remain vigilant for any shifts in economic growth or inflation that could prompt changes in the central bank's approach. Upcoming crucial U.S. data, including the Labor Department's monthly jobs report, will play a pivotal role in shaping market sentiment and expectations for future rate cuts. In particular, the next Treasury Department's announcement on borrowing expectations will no doubt influence market sentiments and inform future decisions. And in this dynamic environment, it's no surprise that traders are keenly observing how the bond prices and yields may evolve in the foreseeable future. Moving on to some international news, China is taking steps to boost consumption and spur its economic recovery. Their tactic? They have refrained from providing direct fiscal support to consumers and companies in order to encourage spending. Their top economic planning agency said that China is focused on supply-side improvements rather than direct demand stimulation. Fiscal policy has not significantly increased, and the government has avoided giving cash subsidies to residents since the pandemic began, opting instead to provide benefits and tax breaks to companies instead. Just how successful has that been, though? The latest data from the Purchasing Managers Index, PMI, shows that despite these interventions, their recovery is still challenging as the sub-gauges for unemployment are still below 50, suggesting a contraction in certain sectors. This indicates that there is still a long way to go before the economy fully bounces back to pre-pandemic levels. The government's emphasis on supply-side reforms suggests that they are trying to address the underlying structural issues to drive long-term economic growth and resilience. Overall, policymakers are adjusting supply for consumer goods and services to better meet demand, given the hesitation in consumer spending and the government's reluctance to provide direct subsidies to increase consumption tendencies. Some other major news, the U.S. housing market is in a tough spot as it is becoming clear that homeowners are struggling to find affordable homes. The reason behind this is actually threefold. High prices combined with a shortage of listings and a significant increase in mortgage rates are making things exceptionally difficult. One major reason for this gridlock is that many homeowners took advantage of historically low rates to buy or refinance their homes, locking in lower borrowing costs. Alongside soaring property values, rising borrowing costs, and a significant drop in the inventory of existing homes, more than 90% of U.S. homeowners with mortgages, and that's about 46 million people, have rates below 6%, which they don't want to give up. Who can blame them though, right? While builders are working to increase production, it's certainly not enough to bridge the supply and demand gap. 
The market is also missing the usual turnover caused by homeowner selling, which is further hindering progress. In fact, it's estimated that as little as 1% of homes have switched hands in the last 12 months, which is impressively low. In addition, the housing market has seen a 26% drop in owners putting their properties up for sale in June compared to the same time last year. So why aren't people making moves? Well, many homeowners find it financially wise to stay put. Those who refinance their mortgages at around 3% now face higher rates of about 7% if they move and buy a new home. So even if they could make a good profit from selling, the cost of buying a new place might still set them back. Unfortunately, this situation is unlikely to change soon with mortgage rates expected to remain under upward pressure as the inventory of available homes remains scarce. And finally, this week, we've received new data that has shown that U.S. inflation is cooling down from the peaks it reached during the pandemic. And Neil Kashkari, the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, said he's feeling optimistic about inflation. He added that despite the Fed raising interest rates to the highest level in 22 years, the economy is still holding up well with steady growth and consumers still spending. And while there haven't been widespread job losses or significant decrease in wages yet, Kashkari believes some softening in the labor market is likely. Currently, the U.S. unemployment rate is historically low at 3.6%. However, Kashkari thinks it might tick up to around 4% in the next few months. The Fed is aiming for a soft landing, meaning they want to cool down prices and demand without causing massive job losses or negative growth. The upcoming U.S. jobs report is expected to show an increase in hiring, although at a more moderate pace. Kashkari also emphasized that the Fed is closely monitoring the data to determine if further rate hikes are necessary. Remember, back in June, core prices rose by 4.1%, which was lower than expected, but is still above the central bank's 2% inflation target. He made it clear that the Fed won't hesitate to take action, with the recent increase bringing the benchmark federal funds rate to the highest level since 2001, making it the 11th increase since March 2022 when the rate was near zero. Overall, between managing inflation and minimizing the negative effects on the labor market and overall growth, there's no doubt that the economy is facing a delicate balancing act. Okay, that is a wrap for Fin Weekly this week. Thank you so much for joining me. And if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, make sure you download our free Boosting Your Financial IQ app, which is available in the Apple app or Google Play Store. And in the app, you get access to a lot of resources, including the video version of Fin Weekly, which is launched every single week. So make sure you download that app and begin your journey to increasing your financial intelligence. In the meantime, take care of yourself, and I hope you continue to learn ambitiously. Cheers. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at BYFIQ.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. 
One last thing, if you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play App Store today. Thanks again.